0: welcome to the success IQ podcast the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life i'm your host jeff nicholson and this is episode 86 good morning good afternoon and good evening wherever you are in the world i truly hope you are having a fantastic week so of course as usual we have got another great guest for you But just quickly, some great news in case you haven't heard. We are now on Spotify. So if you are one of our Android lovers or even if you are just one of those app users, we um, can jump over to Spotify and you can listen to us on there so it makes life a little bit easier. So let's quickly jump over to our great guest this week. Karen Brown. Now Karen, she's competed in one of the toughest races in the world and finished. Karen has combined her experience as an Ironman World Championship competitor with scientifically proven coaching techniques into a program to help leaders unlimit their beliefs and excel in ways they've only dreamed of. In fact, that's the title of her book Unlimiting Your Beliefs. So it just leaves me to say, Karen, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Jeff. Really glad to be here.
0: It is absolutely lovely to have you on. And although technology was playing up before, we have got everything sorted now and it's lovely to have you on.
1: That's right. We broke through it together.
0: We we did. We did. We've spoken to so many different Karens and Jeff Nicholsons. It's a little bit weird. But but they don't need to know that. So can you give us a little bit of a backstory of what brought your journey and what brought you to this point to today?
1: Yeah, certainly. So for 28 years, I had a lifelong dream to compete in the Ironman World Championships as an amateur athlete. And during that 28-year period, I was outwardly successful I was a leadership professional uh, in the corporate world, working my way up to becoming an executive. And eventually I came to my senses and realized that I should be an entrepreneur, that I could make a bigger difference and impact uh, the lives of more people uh, if I went in that direction rather than lining corporate pockets. So did that along the way as well. But that whole time, as I was a business coach and um, a successful professional and leader, I still had this nagging feeling inside of me that I was capable of more. And it was always linked to this personal dream of the Ironman World Championships. So what happened is at the age of 44, and, and let me just put this into context, 44 years old, not a swimmer, not a road cyclist i was basically a recreational runner and mountain biker i had never done a triathlon before and at age 44 i finally figured out that what had held me back that entire time was something called limiting beliefs and it would go just like this in my mind i would think well the athletes that compete in the Ironman World Championships, are at an elite level. They're basically professionals. And I'm this amateur 44-year-old recreational athlete. How could I possibly compete in that race? And then poof, all at once, the dream would disappear again, and or I would shove it down and try to forget about it. Until the following year, when I would happen to catch a glimpse of it on TV again. And then the whole cycle would repeat itself. So what changed when I was 44 years old is that I finally learned how to conquer and transform limiting beliefs. And once I did that, and this is the really cool part, this is why we're talking today, because it is a scientifically proven effective technique that once I utilized it, I was able to reach my dream to realize it in two short years.
0: Wow. That's amazing. That's mm-hmm. amazing. And what and what and what was I mean so obviously it, it'd been a long standing thing that you'd wanted to do. What even got you to that point of going I want to do an Iron Man?
1: When I was 14 I saw television coverage of Julie Moss and I had no idea what Ironman was much less the Ironman world championships and watching what she went through just stunned and mesmerized me at the same time I just thought what in the world would possess someone to put themselves through that and it was sort of like a train wreck right like I I couldn't look away uh and, and I just had to find out what it was. So once I found out what it was, I, I just had this visceral reaction from deep inside me, this very emotional reaction, like this nagging that I mentioned earlier. And it, it metamorphosed into what if I have inside of me what it takes to do that and I'm not tapping into it. What if I am squandering that capability? And yeah. And I, you know, I think a lot of us go through that. I mean, as I'm sharing my message and, and carrying out my mission with this book, which is to eradicate limiting beliefs and transform our world. I come, uh, you know, everyone I come in contact with, it's all, it's the same, you know, because we all have an unconscious mind and that's really where this kind of stuff lives. And you know since since my realization of that iron man dream i wanted to become a student of and master of the unconscious mind specific to the fields of leadership and professional performance so i've come to understand you know through study and research and certification how that's how we're all wired and that our unconscious mind our unconscious thoughts feelings emotions values beliefs they drive everything. You know, we think we're walking around every day making conscious decisions, and really we're not. Only 0.008% of the time are we actually making conscious decisions and taking conscious actions. The rest are all from the unconscious.
0: And for you, so for you, so just just very quickly, what is entailed in the Iron Man? Because I've de- I- really want to go into these limiting beliefs but for for someone who doesn't know what the iron man is and assume it's a little jaunt on a bike a small swim <laughs> and and whatever um what does the iron man champ- world championship in, entail
1: it is a 2.4 mile swim in the ocean followed by a 112 mile bike ride finished off with a 26.2 mile marathon And to get to the world championships, you basically need to either qualify or get a lottery spot, which if you get a lottery spot, which is what I did on my way to qualifying, it's, uh, you have a better chance of being struck by lightning than getting a qualifying spot. And if you do get a qualifying spot, um, I mean, this is the race where 90,000 athletes from across the globe, Vie for 2000 spots to compete every year. So, this is the best of the best, mostly professional athletes.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, as soon as you mentioned just the swim, I mean, why wouldn't you want to do that? I mean, you know, that's <laughs> yeah, crazy. I mean, who doesn't want
1: to sign up to swim with some sharks and then jump exactly. on a bike and then, you know, run a marathon in the heat? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't that sound great?
0: Yeah. And actually, what a, what an what an amazing place to test the limiting belief theory.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If we're
0: ever going to do Plenty that, of them. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. So, so you know, you talked about you know zero point zero zero eight percent of the time is conscious, and the rest of it, sort of the unconscious bit, that's mm-hmm. going on. Um, what sort of sort of. How do we conquer that because that's something that comes up all the time when I'm working with my clients or when I'm you know speaking and people come and speak to me about stuff you can see straight away it's the it's the limiting belief size that they've got because you know the simple ones I'm not technical or you know mum and dad said that I was not you know this is what I couldn't I wasn't supposed to do this when I grew up or you can't make money doing this or you know the traditional ones that we all hear. And um, what, you know, those sort of things are, are coming up on a day-to-day basis. And I suppose as you grow, you face new limiting beliefs because as you expand, but obviously you've got this strategy that's helped you smash through all of these. What type of, can you share some of those strategies?
1: Absolutely. I'll share the technique with your listeners right now. And you're, you're absolutely right, Jeff. This is not a one and done this is a strategy, it is a technique to keep using every time you uncover new limiting beliefs because what you said is exactly what happens. As you grow and expand and progress, you're going to conquer the limiting beliefs that are holding you back. That's what's going to enable you to grow and progress and achieve, you know, whatever your goal or dream is. And then as you continue to expand, you're going to come up with new ones. Um because This is how your unconscious mind works, right? Think about a caveman. Your unconscious mind was literally invented, created to keep you safe, to protect you. So in an instant, it has to judge whether something coming at us is friend, food, or foe, and get us to act accordingly. So it's it's still wired the exact same way. It's a very simplistic yet powerful machine. It will do everything we tell it. So if we tell it we can compete in an Ironman, it, it will get in lockstep with us and help us do it. If we tell it I can't compete in an Ironman, it'll also listen to what we're saying and it will put every obstacle in our way and we won't be able to do it. So all that we're doing with techniques to tap into the unconscious mind is first of all, just becoming aware of what's going on, like what's stopping us, what's getting in our way and then changing or transforming that habitual thought pattern. Cause that's all that it is. It is a thought pattern that is just, it's kind of a, a broken record, you know, that just keeps skipping and repeating itself, repeating itself. And when we want something different, all we have to do is tap into that and make an active change when the thought pattern is happening and overwrite it then or, or wire it with a new thought pattern. So that's exactly what we're going to do in the technique. Okay, you okay. ready?
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Put All right. On.
1: Cool. All right. So listeners, this is how you want to do the technique. Uh, one of the pathways into the unconscious mind is the act of writing something down. So for those of you driving, don't do this, wait till you get to your destination and then do it, but get out a piece of paper or write this in your journal. You can't do this digitally. It's got to be written. Okay. So for the sake of, you know, us being on the show right now, just get out a piece of paper and at the top, write down this question, because a lot of times listeners will ask me, well, how do I even know what limiting belief is holding me back? It's a great question. So, here's how we're going to find out. So, write down this question at the top of the page, which is this What is holding me back from achieving X? X is your goal or your dream, whatever it is. And it doesn't have to be a goal or dream that is related to or is your business. I mean, my Ironman dream, I, I thought was a personal dream and had nothing to do with my work or my purpose. And what I found was that dream held the gateway to my purpose and the ability to do my work. So it was the key to everything. Okay. So in other words, no judgment, just, and when you, when you write this down and ask yourself that question, be in a distraction free environment, just turn off the devices and the notifications because this won't take more than five minutes. Okay. All right. So then literally ask yourself the question, And what this does, when you write it out and then you ask yourself the question, it gets through to your unconscious mind, which is where this is living. Whatever comes up for you, jot it down on the left side of the page. Now, what I think every listener is going to be astonished to find is there's probably more than one limiting belief. The first time you ask yourself that question, the main limiting belief is going to come out. And it's like the one I shared with you earlier. Well, they're elite athletes. I'm a recreational athlete. How could I ever compete in Ironman World Championships? That was the main one for me. I kept asking myself the question and more revealed themselves. So keep asking yourself the question. Write down everything that comes out for you on the left side of the page until you literally have nothing left. When you keep asking the question and nothing else comes. Clear so far? Okay. All right. Then go up to the top of the page and take that first one and on the right side of the page, write the complete opposite of that limiting belief, which is an unlimiting belief. So for me, I wrote down, I will compete in the Ironman World Championships. And then do the same thing with each one on down the page until you've done them all. Okay. Now here's where we actively change the thought pattern. Okay. So take this sheet of paper or your journal and capture it in some way so that you carry it with you every day. So here's where your device comes in handy. Take a photo of it, you know, cause we all know we, we carry our devices with us everywhere, right? In- including the bathroom. So this is important because <laughs> you want to have this with you every time these limiting beliefs show up. And by having it with you, that creates a higher level of awareness of when you have these thoughts, okay? So when you have the thought, any one of them on this page, and you're going to be probably surprised at how many times a day you have these because they're pervasive, right? We're just not consciously aware of them most of the time. So when you have one of these thoughts, stop what you're doing, and say out loud the unlimiting version of that belief. So literally what I did as I was working through this, I was a lead in a leadership position at a real estate office at the time. And I would literally stop what I was doing. And I would say, I will compete in the Ironman world championships. And then I would move on. Yeah. So what happens is two things when you do this, first of all, actually three. First of all, it's going to feel different. You may get funny looks. And if you do have fun with it. There's no reason this can't be fun. (laughs) I, I got some weird looks. I got some comments. I got some questions and you know what? It all served me well. Okay. Just lean into it. So my point there is you're doing something new. You're doing something different. It may feel contrived. Just stick with it. This is literally your unconscious mind, like waking up from its slumber and going, whoa, 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 wait, what? Because it's it's held this same thought pattern and basically gone to sleep with it over you know whatever period of time you've held this belief. So you're waking it up and saying, hey, hello in there. I want to do this. I am going to do this. Like take note, and that's what's happening. So you're also interrupting that habitual thought pattern and you're telling your unconscious mind, I am going to do this. Like, I'm going to do this. You need to get on board with it and help me with it. And what also happens is your unconscious mind then opens up and you start to be able to visualize yourself, what it will look like, feel like, and sound like to achieve this dream. And then that becomes your identity because you see yourself doing it. And then remember, your unconscious mind is simp- is a simplistic, powerful machine. So it gets behind it and it goes, "Oh, okay, Karen is an Iron Man. All right, great." So then your reticular activation system, which is a scientific thing, it goes to work for you, finding everything you need to achieve that dream. It makes it much much easier like you you come up with thoughts and resources and hone in on conversations and meet people you know that you never would have thought of before because your unconscious mind wasn't engaged in it Mm -hmm. and this works with anything this works in a relationship this works with you know a business goal it works with a dream it works it works with anything
0: yeah no that's amazing I love that. I love that. And actually I can resonate that with me and my attitude change when I started my recovery, because that was very much from being the defeatist going, I'm always ill to Mm. whatever happens. I'm well again. And even when you're against the people are saying, well, no one knows you're going to be well or anything else for me, it was no, I'm fit and well, and I'm Mm. enjoying, I'm enjoying a healthy life. And this statistically, no one knew if I was going to get better or not. And it was very much exactly how you're describing. It was the, I like the internal questioning that you're asking, you know, what's holding me back? And and that thing of, of twisting it around and going actually, because a lot of people never think of the positive. A lot of them mm-hmm. are always thinking about the negative. And I love the fact that if you if you write it down, the worst the, the worst case scenario is if you go well I don't know what the answer is and quite often what astounds people is they do know what the answer is unconsciously it's just their conscious mind doesn't and then like you're saying is is they're bringing the conscious up to the their own conscious up to the conscious and then transferring it through and I yeah. love the way that they get those answers through and that's that's really cool I love that, that yeah is, that and you a-
1: know what you're you're right and I'm glad you you that resonates with your story and your experience. And what I found, and you know what, listeners, you're going to find this too, because once you make this change, uh, you're going to run into other people's limiting beliefs about what you're doing. And, and sometimes that's tough to deal with because, you know, you feel like you've made a breakthrough and you're, you know, getting in alignment with, you know, your unconscious mind and your conscious mind. And then here are people that are Are kind of trying to keep you stuck and that's just what's happening it's their own limiting beliefs getting in your way so just just be cognizant of that and and uh you know politely push them aside
0: (laughs) yeah but i think also is i think there's also another really important thing that you talked about at the at the beginning was you have to do it You, you know don't don't say that you want to change your circumstance but then sit there moaning that you're not happy with something, you've got to get up off your backside and you've got to do the work. Nothing changes by just sitting down. And you know, you've know demonstrated it by, you know even if it's a matter of sitting down and writing the list and changing what you're saying to yourself, it's still taking action and it's taking the responsibility to do the action, not just sitting going, well, woe is me. You know, I'm never going to be, you know, uh, an Ironman athlete. You actually went, actually, yes, I am. And this is what I need to do to get me to that point. And that, I think that's also a big, the big characteristic of those people that are either those people, what I would call, it, I state, is, is those people who settle for mediocrity or those people that go for it. Other people that get off the arse and go and do something about it. And you know you've demonstrated a really simple strategy there, a simple and powerful strategy that allows people to go. Actually, if you do something about it, you can change.
1: Absolutely, yes. You know, Jeff, what what you're talking about is another uh, key in the book. And you know what I just shared as as this technique to first of all identify and then conquer limiting beliefs is only step one, right? There's six other keys in the book. And the second one is, you're right, you got to get up off your backside and do what it takes to get there. I mean, let's be clear. You know, once I unlimited my beliefs about this dream, then I got to begin training. And that was, you know, doing two and three workouts a day, six days a week, you know, and working with multiple coaches because I was such a horrible swimmer. Even talking my first coach into taking me on because I was a super nobody, Right. So there were lots of lots of things that I had to do, changes I had to make, things that I had to say no to, you know, that I had never said no to before, like turning off the TV and maybe, you know, changing my eating habits and nutrition and getting more sleep and, you know, things like that. So you're right. But this is an active change and it starts with the active change in your mind first.
0: Hi guys, so just before we jump over to the second part of the show, I wanted to let you know that Success IQ Alliance, my membership program, will be entering its pilot phase shortly, and I'm looking for a group of people that would like to join me during this phase at the very beginning of the whole process. If you're interested and would like to find out more information, then please email me at info at jeffnicholson.co.uk places are limited, but it would be lovely to see you there speak soon wishing you the greatest success and have an awesome week okay so what we are going to do now is we are going to jump to the second part of the show where i get an opportunity to put karen on the hot seat and ask you a set of questions karen so are you ready
1: I am ready. I love the hot seat, by the way. <laughs> okay. So
0: question number one is how much time a week do you spend on self-development?
1: Seven to 10 hours. And it's, it's mostly reading. I just love reading books. I think the library is the best invention uh, ever ever invented. And I love podcasts. And I love live conversations and interactions. Because I think that's where sometimes we learn the most. And, you know, me being a student of human behavior, I just dig conversations with other human beings and, and finding out what I can learn about them.
0: Yeah. You do, so you, you're in an area very similar to me. So do you have the love of sitting, having a cup of coffee or maybe you have a healthy shake um, <laughs> and you, um, and just people watch? And try and see what's going on in their minds where the way they're acting and stuff as they're just moving about their day. Or is that just me?
1: Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I'm not a Call it, uh, yeah. Call it. Yeah. Call it being a neuro linguistic voyeur. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. You can tell yeah. so much.
0: Yeah. I know because when I first trained in neuro, uh, NLP and um, and hypnotherapy, it was I used to love just watching people and trying to guess. Just by body language or movement or posture or whatever, just to mm-hmm. go. Oh, I wonder what I wonder what's going on with them today. Yeah, All that you know, and just to, because it was it was skills learning really, but it, and I always classed that as part of my development. My wife could never understand why going to a cafe and watching people was part of my development, but it was just to be able to watch. But it was a it was a, it was an excuse as well to go for a coffee. But it was you know it was just to be able to sit there and watch people. Because it's amazing what people can tell you without even speaking.
1: Oh, absolutely right. And, uh, you know, just imagine my partner's horror when I can't even stop myself at watching people. Like, I have to jump into their world and start asking them questions. And then my partner, you know, will just get embarrassed and like slink out out the door and just be like, oh, my gosh, she's doing it again. But it's just fascinating to me. I love and you know what, people can't stop themselves from ask from answering your question. So it's it's fascinating how quickly you can get someone to open up just by asking them a question about what they're doing and why. Yeah. I love it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, question number 2 is what is your favorite personal development book and why?
1: Ah, man, I love this question. Uh so my personal or my my favorite personal development book is is usually always the most recent one I've read because I have a lot of them. And the, the latest two books that are, in my mind, complete game changers, uh, and of course this is besides my book, right? Um, yeah. So these are two books written by the Arbinger Institute. The first one is Self-Deception in Leadership and... The second one is Anatomy of Peace, and these are, these are told through a leadership story, and so obviously they're applicable to leadership and business and you know that whole world, but the bigger impact that these books have is in personal relationships, and I can speak from personal experience that it, these two books were a game changer between me and my partner, I mean, they, they just, they totally shed a light uh, on dynamics of personal relationships. And if you think about how, you know, men are from Mars and women are from Venus, and there's that whole like disconnect between how we talk and how we think and all of that. These books bridge that gap.
0: Right. Okay. And from Arbinger. That was the
1: yeah, name. the Arbinger Institute.
0: Okay. Are they heavy books or are they... No. No. Okay. No. The, the sound did. And
1: you can read both of them in a weekend. I mean, they're a oh, really okay. fast read because of the story and because they're so applicable. I mean, it's like the words jump off the page because they apply to everybody. You know, you're you're reading along and you're like, oh my gosh, that's me. Oh my gosh. Yep. I've done that. Oh, I know exactly how that feels, but I never knew what it was. And then, you know, because of that, it's just a page turner. And pretty soon you're done with the book and you go, Oh my gosh. Okay. I know what I need to do now.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Question number three is what is your favorite app?
1: Uh, You know what? I would say that I really don't have a favorite app. I'm not a big fan of apps, but. Uh, if I did have one, and this is a very recent discovery for me. And, you know, if I'm slow to the party, just be kind when you make fun of me is all I ask. Um, I love slacker. Okay. And this is the music app, right? So recently I was doing some home projects, which were also new for me because I was always, uh, uh, of the opinion that, you know, you pay other people to do that. Right. Cause I'm always out training like for these big events and things, or I'm coaching with clients or I'm giving speeches. So this was a new thing for me. And my sister, who's actually older than me, uh, introduced me to slacker and I am a child of the eighties and especially new wave alternative eighties music. Like that is my jam. So she puts out this outdoor speaker, on that soccer station and i mean i was literally looking for more projects to do outside because i just wanted to keep listening to it yeah <laughs> and now good, that's I, a good option <laughs> oh man and now it's like you know uh, tune it in and break the knob off i my sister said you know they have other really good stations i said i don't care i will never find out about the other stations because i am so enthralled with this one
0: that was brilliant excellent yeah Cool. Okay. Question number four is what's your biggest business mistake and what did it teach you?
1: Uh, my biggest business mistake is being fired from a leadership position that I thought I was great at. Um, I I learned the speed of the leader, the speed of the pack, because I always prided myself on being a leader way out ahead of the pack. The problem was I had to learn that when I do that, I'm not bringing anybody else with me. They're just watching me going, well, she's way out there and we're back here. Yeah, doesn't doesn't do well. So I had to to take that and learn what leadership really is, which is helping others think at a higher level and bringing out their best instead of telling them what and how to do things, which let's just face it, I was great at doing that.
0: Mm, yeah, OK. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Didn't get
1: me or or them anywhere.
0: Yeah, okay. Okay, question number five is what challenges do you have in harmonizing work and life and how do you manage them?
1: For me, it's not about balancing work and life. It's about blending them. And I like how you, you switch to the word harmonizing because I think that's a really good word. When When I was trying to balance the two, you know, I would have – very, uh, very defined business hours. And if, if, if some piece of work, even if it was an opportunity presented itself outside of those business hours, I would get indignant. And I, I just kept thinking, well, this isn't really working that well for me if I'm feeling indignant and you know, that's when an opportunity comes. So I heard another leader speak about, they changed their perspective on work-life balance to work-life blending. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is genius. And by the way, this is what millennials do so seamlessly. And they are happy people, right? I mean, they're not indignant about things. And so I thought, I am going to do that. So that's what I do. I blend it all, like blend it up in the Vitamix. And it works beautifully. You know, if I'm at the grocery store at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday after or Tuesday morning, okay, so what? I could be working on a proposal at 8 o'clock at night. But the point is I am choosing to blend it and do those things at those times. And it works great for me.
0: Yeah, no, and I, th- I think that's one of the reasons why is because I think the, the balance word is a myth. I think everyone mm-hmm. tries to do this 50-50 split thing. And mm-hmm. life has got too many take, you know, when you look at it from sort of, if you look at it from the side, but, you know, it looks like a normal scale. But if you take it from the aerial view, the scales are, have got so many different arms to it. It's crazy. So
1: mm-hmm. I think is
0: is when you're trying to do all that, you've got to look at it from a different perspective and you've got to go, well, okay, how does this fit in with my life rather mm-hmm. than, oh, no, this is what I need to do. And yeah. you know, as entrepreneurs, you can't just switch off. It'd be lovely if you could just put up sticks and switch off at five o'clock, and disappear. You know, and and go off. Unfortunately, it doesn't always work like that. But yeah. you know, if you look at it and go, okay, this is what I'm doing, and there's you know and you and you prioritize things when you need to prioritize and you know what if it's family time it's family time whatever and i just think that as you say the blending or the harmonizing it just makes life a lot easier and you're right millennials just seem to take it in their stride um the ones that you know the 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 ones that seem to understand that they seem to have more fun for a lot longer before getting mm. into the 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 sort of the rat race kind of thing of and not so many, I think, is as well as is quite a lot of them, as well as don't. And then I don't know what it's like in the US, but in the UK now, when I left school, granted I left school at 16, but not everyone took a year out. You know, so you, you, did, your, you did your school, you did your, your, your before you went to university or after you did university. It seems like a lot of kids now take this year out traveling to experience stuff as, as mm-hmm. it's the norm. But when I was a kid, you didn't do that. As soon as you left college, uh, college or university, you just went and got a job. And it's so they, mm-hmm. they've got the whether that's right or wrong is 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 debatable. But it's the it's the priorities that they look about uh, growth and experience before jumping in where they've got when they're in that you know high energy, massive stress levels, and everything else. So It's an interesting way that that they change the way they live.
1: Oh, true that. Yeah. And I, I would even say they don't they don't see it as the rat race. They don't even define it as the rat race. In fact, you know, now we're seeing all of these, um, you know, work abroad programs that are, are massively popular. And I see why. Because, I mean, they don't even need to take a year off. They just, you know, find whatever company they can work abroad with or maybe you know two or three or four of them they choose when they want to work and you know they're off living their life and having these great experiences and blending it and harmonizing it beautifully and yeah i mean no no wonder they're happy they don't they don't feel like they're in the rat race
0: no no
1: yeah. no you've got it
0: i know absolutely absolutely number six is what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out
1: that advice would be think really big, and then unlimit my beliefs about it. Like I, and again, this goes back to how our unconscious mind actually works, right? It the tendency with it is to think small, safe, achievable. Uh, the The word that I love to hate is realistic,
0: oh, uh, yeah, because I'm people will say, "Oh,
1: but." That's unrealistic. Or I want to have a realistic goal. I'm like, Oh, shoot that thing in the face. No, 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 no. No, your, your unconscious mind is getting in your way and it doesn't need to. So just shatter that, you know, like just drive yourself nutty thinking of the biggest, most audacious, scariest, ridiculous, outrageous thing possible. And then unlimit your beliefs about it or unlimit your beliefs about it.
0: Yeah, completely with that. I hate that word. Yeah. I hate that word.
1: Yeah. You know, you know, how, oh yeah, you know how Wikipedia is always you know coming up with these new words that just to me is so funny. Well, can't we retire words like re- realistic that really have no use in the English language anymore? If someone's listening and can make that happen, please get in touch with me. Because I have more than that. That one.
0: Yeah, we have a list. We have yeah. a small list. Okay. Yeah. Question number seven is: What is your definition of success? Oh,
1: I love this question. My definition of success is making a difference in the lives of others and the planet, making it a better place. And just one, you know, step further on that. What does someone come away with after they've crossed my path? Like that, living that every day is my definition of success.
0: Question number eight is, do you have, I'm worried about asking an athlete like yourself, do you have any type of morning routine that helps you get prepped for the day ahead?
1: Are you kidding me with that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> that could be a whole nother show yes of course I do <laughs> yes uh yeah you know it uh it's getting up you know pretty much same time every day which once I started training for Ironman became much earlier than it had been you know I get up about 4 or 4 30 every day uh, which also means I have to go to bed at about 8.30 at night. So, you know, I'm I'm not the most uh, fun, you know, in a social setting if you invite me out for an evening. I'll just say it that way because I, I literally start falling asleep about 8.30. But um, that also allows me to get the right amount of sleep, which is so much – it's so important. And I'm really glad to see the studies that bear that out coming to light now. Uh, also then, you know, I have, I start with gratitude and intention for the day before my feet ever touch the ground. Uh, then I also love to read in the morning. So self-development stuff, that's usually when I do it. Uh, and also when I'm using my own technique to unlimit my beliefs, that's when I do it first thing in the morning with a yummy serving of cold brew coffee. Oh my gosh. I think that is the best invention of modern man. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I, I always work out in the morning. That is my one thing, you know, the one thing being defined as the one thing I can do that makes everything else either easier or unnecessary. That is exercise for me. Always in the morning. If I wait and try to do it at the end of the day, forget it. It's a train wreck. Um, and that just sets me up for a beautiful day. So then I, you know, hit the desk at 8:30 or nine and I always do the hardest thing first. And then everything is is easier, and feels like I'm I'm on the downhill from there. That's pretty wow. much my day.
0: Okay, so it's the average the average person would be exhausted. You're just extraordinary, <laughs> really, Karen.
1: Really. Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm ordinarily extraordinary, just like really? everyone else.
0: <laughs>
1: yep, Good we answer. are we are all extraordinary in our own ordinary yeah. way.
0: Abs- absolutely, yes. Well said. Well said. Okay, quest the final question is a life lesson question. So you basically pick a number between one and fifty, and whatever number it lands on, it is our final topical point. So you can disagree with it, but let's see what shows up. Number yes. one and fifty.
1: Number seven, please.
0: Number seven is <laughs> okay. Challenge your beliefs every day. Ironically. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, I mean, basically it's what we've been saying, isn't it? It's, it's something that I, I looked at when I was recovering. Um, I realized I, um, in fact, no, I don't know where my book is now, but I did have this book in front of me that used to basically describe how useless that was. Um, that I remember I used to read every day when I was going through my sort of depression and anxiety and stuff um ranging from i'm useless i'm i'm fat i'm whatever else it was um and what i remember doing is is looking at that when i kind of like went through my training and went okay i've got to change everything that where i've got to change everything that's going in my head and in my mind so everything that comes out is going to be better it was yeah. looking at challenging whatever beliefs not only about me but the way i see the world and everything else it was about challenging that every day because you know because i believed that that was going to make me a better person um and a better father and a and a better parent and a better person to be around and what you to go back to that um my experience also was the gateway for me mm. so it's it's weird how some of the toughest challenges that we experience that have the biggest barriers in our beliefs once conquered actually create the doorway that actually catapult you into actually something that can be absolutely unbelievably amazing and yes. I, I just thought i'd see what your experience was although based on the conversation we've had i'm can't, i kind of like know the answer but we'll see mm. what comes up
1: oh wow well i know it's no coincidence that i picked number seven and that it was challenge your beliefs every day wow Yeah. Um, so based on your experience, yeah, I echo the same and have found, you know, not only in my own experiences, but in, in a lot of other people's that it's in the toughest moments where we learn and grow and progress the most. Right. It's, you know, when, when we're faced down in the arena with a bloody nose you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, that we have to get back up and figure it out. And, and the other thing I would add to that, that I think you did a great job of explaining is reality is not actually reality. Reality is our interpretation of it. And it's, it, it's a wonderful gift when we can understand and actually see what our interpretation of reality is, and then adjust it to actually work for us. And I I don't think it's until we are face down in the arena, you know, when something really kicks us up the backside and we go, whoa, 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 wait, what? And, you know, I often say that we make the biggest changes running from pain or in reaction to pain, right? Usually something has to be so painful that we will make active changes so that we don't have to be in that pain any longer, which is for the most part true. And especially I think for the biggest, um, you know, life changing things in our, in our world. Uh, I, I certainly can look back at those for myself and say, yeah, a resounding yes. You know, I had to, be in a significant amount of pain and when i was then i made the biggest changes
0: yeah and i think is during those during those moments you actually really find out what you're made of mm-hmm. you know you you find out um you find out where the how much metal you really have because i think is is you there's you know there's some things where you will go no I just can't go anymore and I and you know my story I I openly talk about my story I did go to that point where I I was ready just to give up but it's but then once I got through that there was that defiance of there ain't nothing going to stop me now I'm I'm moving whatever happens that I'm going to change my circumstance and -hmm. I think is is you realize you know a lot of the people I get the the, the great honor and fortune uh, fortune to meet who are either, you know, have gone through challenges or who were going through challenges and and come out the other side, they, they learn so much about themselves and realize that they have got so much more potential than they really have mm. once they're prepared to fa- maybe face the demons, but face their limiting beliefs and and willing to go, okay, bring it on and I'll plow straight through you is then all of a sudden is, and it's the best gift in the world they can give themselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Let's even take that, that one step further, because what I think this is, is our opening, like this is opportunity knocking at your door to bring out, you know, the person that you're meant to be, you know, your purpose, what you're meant to do. And, you know, the, I'm sorry to say it this way, but it's true. You know, the zombies that are among us that are walking around every day, you know, that are just living in that, that bubble, that, you know, short-term pleasure surface, you know, kind of existence, they're not, they're not going to get it. And, you know, it makes my heart sad. You know, you we talked about people watching and you can pick these people out all day long, but it makes my heart truly sad when I see them because I think, gosh, I just, I really want them to experience the opening to who they really can be and the life that they can have and the impact on others that they can have through that life. You know, that, that's really what we're, we're meant for. So yeah. And I, I say, you know, hallelujah to this and to the opening and then the the ability to change your limiting beliefs every day to challenge them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. T- couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Okay, so the final part, the floor is yours for to for you to share how people can find out more about you and what um and and, and anything else you would like to share with them.
1: Oh, thank you. Well, I like to make it easy, because that's always what I like if when I'm listening to a show. And what I've done is put together something specifically for your listeners, your tribe. So don't tell anybody else about this. This is only for, you know, the listeners of the Success IQ podcast. Okay. Yeah, Absolutely. What I put together is a short playlist of five videos that are less than two minutes apiece, and they are me talking you through how to engage and use these unconscious mind techniques. So it's a playlist of my best stuff that you can just use for free and incorporate into your life to get, you know, the greater results that you want. So here's where you go to find it. Name of my company, which is Velocity... Leadershipconsulting.com and then give it a forward slash success IQ and that will get you there. That'll get you the playlist. You can order my book. You can book a time to chat with me if you want to talk about this kind of stuff uh, and maybe, you know, what your limiting beliefs are uh, or, you know, what uh, w- in what way we can help you and we can further the conversation.
0: That is absolutely fantastic. And I am really grateful for you um, sorting that out for us. And we'll bung all of that information on the show notes as well for the show. Um, Karen, it just leaves me just to say thank you very much. It was well worth the battle getting <laughs> through the technology and um, and having you on. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on and wishing you the greatest success.
1: Thank you, so honored and really appreciative of the opportunity to make a difference with your audience today.
0: Hey guys, so first of all, just let me say a massive thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to know you're listening, and I really do appreciate the support. If you'd like to know more about me, my services, and how to connect with me on social media, then please visit www.jeffnicholson.uk. The links are in the show notes below. I would also like to invite you to join my growing community on Facebook. All you need to do is search for Kick Mediocrity or Jeff Nicholson UK, and you will find the information that is required to join this growing community of like-minded people. You can tune in and listen to us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and TuneIn, and of course, iTunes. And if you enjoyed the show and have time, please leave a rating and review. And it really does help me grow the show and make the impact I am aspiring to with the show. I wish you the greatest success. And remember, don't settle for mediocrity. Go out there and create and live the exceptional. Have a lovely week and take care.